what does your top line revenue need to be in order to produce that amount of profit? Then into your activities, new clients, existing clients, sales calls, leads. Welcome to Monday Mornings with Michelle, the new business podcast. Whether you're kicking off your day or kickstarting your business, Michelle is going to kick your ass into next week with the essential fours. Strategy, systems, support, and state of mind. Now, welcome to center stage, Michelle Nedelec. Hey there, peeps. This is Michelle Nedelec, and I am super glad that you are here with us today because I am here with my most amazing guest, Jackson. Jackson, thank you so much for being here with us today. It's a pleasure. I'm looking forward to having a chat. Awesome. Hopefully my computer can keep up to me, but if I'm talking a million miles an hour, that's just because I do. So um, I have come to fall in love with you already, but tell our peeps who you are and what you love to do. Yeah, so I'm Jackson Milan. I'm also known as the Wealth Mentor. Uh, I've been spending the last 15 years educating service-based business owners around the language of money to help them systematically turn their business profit into personal wealth. Uh, I come from pretty humble beginnings. My parents were business owners. Uh, they, they spent my entire childhood working 16-hour days, seven days a week for as long as I could remember. And they always said to me, Jackson, if you want to be successful in this world, you need to work hard for it. And, and work hard they did. And I saw them struggling to make ends meet. And I realized that something was wrong um, because they were just working for money as opposed to money working for them. When I went out into the big bad world, I started trying to train to be a financial advisor to help people like my parents. But I very quickly realized that the industry as a whole typically serves two types of people and people who are already wealthy to help them make more money or for people who are at the lower end or just getting started, selling them commission-based products that don't necessarily get them any closer to where they want to go. And I've become pretty disheartened, but I had a glimmer of hope because I said, hey, well, if I was going to do this the way that I wanted, what would that look like? And so I've been the term financial advisor and I created the term wealth coach and I've helped over a thousand clients build over $1.5 billion in combined wealth over the last 15 years. And yeah, my whole philosophy, well, yeah, it's been great. It's a, it's a great celebration. But my, my mantra and what I'm all about, Michelle, is about creating a true lifestyle business. You know, because what I've come to observe is that people like my parents and a lot of our clients when they first start working with us is that they just know how to create a job for themselves. They get into business and then they end up just resuming the same habits and behaviors that they exhibited when they were an employee and they don't enjoy the journey. And what we try and help them do is have their cake and eat it too. Now, how do they make sure they're not having to squirrel away every last red cent? They can actually enjoy the fruits of their labor. They can live holistically um, and they can have freedom and flexibility, which let's face it, that's why we get into the business in the first place. So I'm trying to lead from the front. I uh, recently bought a, a 70 acre property in a, a World Heritage listed rainforest. Um, and we're creating a sanctuary here for animals and entrepreneurs. So we're rescuing animals and we also intend to, uh, to rescue entrepreneurs to get them back to uh, thinking more broadly holistically instead of just chasing blind profits so uh, that's me in a nutshell nice i love that so we're going to get to know you so much better because this is so much fun um so i'm going to talk about kind of how you create the lifestyle thing but i think there's a couple of keys that people miss when they're starting their business or when they're running their business thinking if i just keep doing this eventually you know the floodgates will open and i'll be able to go swimming and it doesn't happen that way because they're never building floodgates so what is it that somebody that what is it that entrepreneurs do that makes them end up in their own job and not have that nomadic freedom we'll get into what to do later but why did they get stuck there 
there's really three things, Michelle. The first thing is they don't have a plan. Um, they dive into business and they might create a business plan, but they actually haven't created a plan to define their means to an end. How do they position their business as a vehicle to allow them to achieve their own goals, dreams, and aspirations? And for this reason, they end up chasing vanity metrics. They get caught up in chasing shiny objects and they measure their success by things in their business that don't necessarily advance them towards that freedom and flexibility of why they got into business in the first place. I love that vanity problem. metrics. I'm so yeah. stealing. That's awesome. Yeah. Because we see it all the time, right? Like, yes, I just did 100K a month. And I'm like, okay, how much money have you got in the bank? Not much. Um, what's the point? So the second thing is a really good segue here is no cash. They know that they should be paying themselves more. They know that they should be trying to maximize their profits. They know they should be buying more property or investing in the share market or getting money into their, their retirement account or depending on where they are in the world, their super or their 401k or their IRA, whatever the system might be. But they just don't have the cash flow to do what all of their peers are doing. So they start falling behind. And then the third thing is they don't have consistency. Um, for most businesses, their business is a vicious roller coaster ride. It's one great month followed by a crappy one. It's one great quarter followed by an average one. Like it always seems to be one step forward and two steps back. And it's disheartening. And they end up becoming gun shy because they can't rely on any sort of repeatable process or outcome in order to plan with or create the cash flow that they need. So this is the three things perpetuate. Awesome. On the third one, just because it's <laughs> in my brain right now. Um, what do you think contributes to that roller coaster income? Because I know a lot of entrepreneurs go, well, there's just no market this month. Uh, people just weren't buying this week. That was never my experience of it, but what's your experience of it? Yeah, I think there's a couple of things. One, they don't know their numbers. So they are basically just flying by the seat of their pants. They're waiting for the phone to ring. They take the opportunities that come in that month. And because they have no real objective measure of success, they any month is a great one or a bad one, right? It just depends on how you look at it, it's your perspective. Whereas when we can define our key performance indicators and what we do with our clients, Michelle, is we firstly start with their personal goals. What are all of your goals, dreams, and aspirations? And let's reverse engineer those into an income target each and every single year. Because if you earn this income, and you commit it to your plan, then you should achieve those goals. Then to hit that income target, what does your business need to profit? To be able to have enough cash flow, to be able to build up a war chest, to be able to continue to grow the business, but to take chips off the table, to live the lifestyle and achieve your goals. Then based on the mechanics of how you run your business, what does your top line revenue need to be in order to produce that amount of profit? Then into your activities, new clients, existing clients, sales calls, leads. So what we can do is we can connect all of your activity to the outcomes that are intrinsically valuable to you. And if we do that, then how much more motivated is a business owner going to be to do the bloody work? Right. <laughs> so when I'm talking to entrepreneurs, usually when we're having this conversation, they're so sick and tired of being stuck that they're like, I just want to live on a beach in Cabo somewhere or <laughs> some variation thereof. How do you have that conversation of, you know, it's okay to work and to be excited about work and to get out in the world and be on the beach in Cabo? 100%. I, I I'm a big believer in having your cake and eating it too. This whole idea, this narrative that we're sold 
through being kids and going through traditional schooling and being in the workforce or potentially working for a corporate, we are conditioned to fall into this 40-20 trap where we work our asses off for 40 years, we retire at 65, and then we enjoy 20 years if we're lucky. Now, I don't know about you, Michelle, but I have no intention to retire. Retirement is for people who hate their job, who don't right. get fulfillment and purpose from the actions and the activities that they do every single day. Mm-hmm. So the first name of the game, and to be honest, I've been in that position before. I've been in jobs where I, I hated it. Um, and there's been many times that I actually second-guessed what I was doing of whether I was actually on the right path. But when I actually unpacked it, it wasn't that what I was doing that was the problem. It was the environment in which I was doing it. So it's about getting to the root cause of what fills you with passion and how can you align your passion to your profits? Because I've been in a business where I'm not passionate about it and it is an uphill battle. But when you can align that passion and profit, my dad always said to me, if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. And it's the the truest thing ever said. Mm -hmm. So it's just about setting ourselves up to be able to run the marathon, but to be able to create enough financial freedom where you work because you want to not because you need to. Right. And I think you're so fortunate to have a dad like that because my dad was uh, an employee. He was afraid to go on his own. He was super good at what he did and he was super ingenious about how he went doing it, which made him a great employee for (laughs) decades. Um, But I always looked at the other people that we hung around, like his boss's family or friends of my mom's who were all entrepreneurs. And I'm like, we are missing out on something at the at the dinner table conversation. It's like they had different conversations. Like how important do you think it is to associate with people like you that have that entrepreneurial, just that can see, I get your stock, but hey, what if we just did this? And you're like, we can do that. (laughs) Exactly. It's so important. Like the quality of your outcomes is directly correlated with the quality of your ideas, your mindset and your implementation and action. And I remember one of my first coaches, which was played a very critical role in my initial success, but wasn't as someone who would be able to guide me for the rest of my life. And he was a hustler. He was all about hard work and dedication. And the reason why I probably connected with him is because that's the, the, the upbringing that I came from, that traditional working class background where hard work was presupposed. You had to work hard. So I fell into this trap of working 60, 70, 80 hours a week. And sure, I was able to create success, but it wasn't holistic success. It was burning the candle at both ends in terms of my mindset and my health in order to chase profits. Mm-hmm. And it got to a point where I go, wow, okay, this is great, but it's only served me so much. And then I started working with, with mentors who believed in creating this asymmetrical risk versus return or an asymmetrical cost benefit where we disconnect our effort from our income. And what I then developed is a, a methodology that was originally for me as a way to hold myself accountable, to hold myself to a higher standard, but has now become the principles that we hold our clients to, which is what we refer to as the lifestyle business scale plan. And what we focus on is only three things. The only thing that gets us out of chasing shiny objects and vanity metrics is that I ask myself, is this making me more profit? Is this helping me create more free time? Or is this helping me build more personal wealth? And we work towards what we refer to as the F4. So we want to create a business that produces $400,000 a year in profit or more. The reason why we use $400,000 is that through working with thousands of clients, 
if at 400,000, there's a point of diminishing return in terms of the quality of life and experience that you can have. Sure, you might go from drinking a $20 bottle of wine to a $50 bottle of wine or go from driving a Lexus to a Porsche. But the quality of your experience is very much the same in terms of happiness. So $400,000 a year in profit should allow you to live an amazing lifestyle and have great surplus that you can build your wealth with. Mm -hmm. The second F is working four days a week. Because if you can create a business that allows you a three-day weekend every single week, you should be able to recharge those batteries, like similar to what you're doing right now, Michelle. You're in a beautiful environment. You, I'm sure you feel vitalized and energized just being around that environment, right? And having that flexibility allows you to stick to the marathon. There we go. I love it. It's gorgeous. Beautiful. The snow and everything, which is amazing. So the next, the third four is working 44 weeks a year. Because if we can have eight weeks off a year, or how I structure it is two weeks off a quarter, once again, it allows us to condition ourselves for the marathon. Because I've been able to prove that there is a direct correlation with the growth and the quality of the, the growth in your business is directly correlated to the amount of time that you actually spend out of it reflecting, unwinding, and reviewing. And then the last F is $4 million in net wealth. Because if we can build $4 million in net wealth outside of our business, that should produce us around $200,000 a year in passive income. Mm -hmm. So it puts you in one of two positions. You either keep running your business, so you've now got $600,000 a year in income, or you decide to work towards paying off your home and living a great lifestyle. And $200,000 a year when you're debt-free is a pretty good lifestyle. And that should last in perpetuity for your entire lifetime without any concern. Nice. I love that. It's a great plan. And for any of you silly people out there thinking that's not enough, once you get the foundation in place, you can always build on it, but you can't build upon something until you have the foundation set up. So set it up right and then start to play with the rules. Do exactly what he says first. Awesome. So who do you love to work with? Who's your kind of favorite individuals? Yeah, we love working with service-based business owners. So the vast majority of our clients are trade and home services businesses, health businesses, wellness businesses, coaches, consultants, agencies, basically anyone who is selling high value outcomes to their clients. And typically they're at multi-six figures or early seven figures. And it's at that point where they've invested enough back into the business where they're starting to get a little bit disheartened. Like, hey, I'm not as far along financially as I thought I should be at this stage of the game. And I need to start optimizing things so I can start taking chips off the table. And it's these kinds of businesses where there are significant amounts of what we call cash flow bottlenecks. Mm -hmm. They're in isolation, often insignificant things that most of us as six and seven figure CEOs stuff that I'm not even going to waste my time with that. However, there's normally lots of them. And because they're often almost invisible and seem insignificant, when we add them together, we're talking tens of thousands of dollars, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars in lost opportunities that can be fixed almost instantaneously. And when we remove those cash flow bottlenecks and create a system for turning business profit into personal wealth, it's amazing how fast these business owners can actually get on track for financial freedom. Nice. I love that. And I think people don't realize that it's almost an actual business state 
to get into that place of frustration where, God, I should have more money by now. It's like, yes, okay, you're at the perfect stage for the next one. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a rite of passage, I feel. I've right? been there myself. <laughs> and look, I think as entrepreneurs, we're often stubborn, right? We, we are stubborn. It's why we're business owners. We're resilient. Because um, if you're not resilient, you're probably not cut out to be in business. <laughs> and it's through when you get to that point and you have that frustration that it creates an amazing catalyst for you to create that forward momentum and go on to achieve amazing things. Um, and that's where we can work our magic the most. So we've got clients all around the world uh, and uh, we help them just understand the language of money so they can make better decisions for themselves without having to rely on abdicating responsibility to their professional team and just hoping that they do the right thing. Nice. So give us an example of one of your Cinderella stories, one of your clients. Yeah, so I had a client who came to us who was running a construction business. Amazing construction business, had won lots of, of industry awards in terms of beautiful homes and renovations on the fronts of magazines. But he was very much like a duckling, right? Um, above the surface, he's cruising along graciously. And then when you look below the surface, he's frantically kicking his legs, trying to stay afloat. And the big problem for him is that he did, didn't understand money. He didn't get into business to be a, a, a financial controller, to be an accountant. He got into business because he loved to build and he loved to create these amazing homes. So what we helped him do is get him out of this habit of abdicating responsibility. Because once again, one of the things one of my mentors said to me is that he who said he can and he who said he can't are both right. A famous quote from Confucius. This becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy because most of us as business owners say, when I'm not a financial person. I'm not good at numbers. I can't understand this stuff. I can't read my P&L. I can't read my balance sheet. I don't know how to invest. And what we do is we create this self-fulfilling prophecy where these things are proven to be true. So what we helped him, helped him do is we helped him create a 20-year roadmap, a financial game plan that documented all of his goals, dreams, and aspirations. We reverse engineered it into an income target, and we helped him work out what his profit needed to be in order to produce that level of income. We then helped him understand the cash flow bottlenecks and the low-hanging fruit for him financially in his business and helped him align his KPIs, his activity for himself and his team with those. And over the course of 12 months, he tripled his business. And in turn, he quadrupled his profits. And he was able to pay himself what he needed to, to buy himself and his family, their beautiful dream home in the northern beaches of Sydney. And he was on track to not only have it fully paid off, but to have enough investment assets to retire completely in 10 years. Nice. I love that. That is awesome. Excellent. So um, I know that people are going to want to continue their journey with you. So how do they start that journey? Yes. Yeah, so I've uh, put together a, uh, a gift page for you guys just to give you some extra value. So if you want to get copies of my international best-selling books, financial calculators, worksheets, tools that are going to help you on your wealth journey, uh, we've also got a 40-point performance scorecard that'll help you work out what are the lowest hanging fruit for you financially that can help you start leveling yourself up. Uh, scary thing, Michelle, is the average score is about 18 out of 40, um, which means that most business owners are below average. But don't dwell too much on your score. I don't care if it's five or 35. Just look at the things that you answer no to right now that you believe you can turn into a yes. And let's just work on turning those things around. And then, of course, if you want to have a conversation around how we might be able to help you in a higher capacity, and there'll be a link for you to reach out and have a conversation with us. So um, we'll include the link in the show notes, but it's book.wealth-mentor.com.au forward slash gift dash page. Um, so we'll include the link in the show notes. Just make sure you jump in there, guys. And uh, I'd love to share those gifts with you. And uh, hopefully we can continue the conversation. Nice. That sounds awesome. And peeps, don't worry if you're below average, because what I've noticed about entrepreneurs is that 
they are the best for as soon as you start working with them, they just catapult. <laughs> it's like all of a sudden it's like, oh, that's what I'm supposed to do. Oh, okay. And off we go and, and they're on the races. You have more potential as an entrepreneur to get those numbers up within a short period of time than anybody. So yeah, you just got to know where you're at and what you got to do to move on. So that's awesome and beautiful. Nice. I love that. Thank you for the gift. And for those of you who are driving, just go to awarenessstrategies.com slash blog and look for Jackson or financial freedom or mastery and you'll, you will find them. I guarantee it. Uh, awesome. So I do have to ask you this. At what point in time did you know that you're crazy enough to become a entrepreneur? I think I've always known deep down. <laughs> What's been really interesting, Michelle, is I'm always the last person to the party. Like the, I was the last person to really realize it. And when I wrote my second book, I was recounting on my experiences. And my first entrepreneurial experience, I wasn't even four yet. I was three turning four. And I was in the front yard of, of my mum's friend's place with his two daughters. And I had this epiphany moment where I gathered up all of the toys and we picked some flowers from the garden. And I put it in a little red pool cart. And this is early 90s. So kids still played in the front yard then. And then we left the yard and went door to door selling my toys to <laughs> the neighbors. And I'm not sure how long I was gone for, but I just remember this vivid memory that I just finished closing a sale. And then a police squad car pulled up out of the front of this house that I was at. And my mum jumped out of the back in hysterics in this long maxi dress, this white maxi dress. And she thought I'd been kidnapped and, or abducted or something. And she was just in hysterics. And I couldn't quite understand why she was so upset when I, when I made all of this money. And that was the moment that I realized that really, in reflection, I was an entrepreneur from when I was a child. And, and it's been one thing to the next of an experience like that, where I've always had a knack for identifying opportunities to create value in exchange for currency. And uh, I've just been doubling down on that ever since. So uh, I think there's some people that are definitely born entrepreneurs, but entrepreneurs can definitely be made. And uh, and I think it's just about honing that experience and uh, those values over time, because, hey, the, the journey has been amazing so far and I've enjoyed every minute of it. Nice. I love that. And it's a, a lesson in fortitude too. Everybody who's ever had a child try to sell them back the flowers they just stole out of the backyard. <laughs> buy the flowers. <laughs> and that's awesome. You have no idea what kind of garden you're growing in somebody's little brain. It's so cute. That is awesome. It has been an absolute pleasure having you here and being able to talk to you. I know you're a lot warmer than I am right now, but <laughs> any last words for a few before I let you go? Look, I think the main thing here, and it's another quote that my old man said to me, is he said, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. And the second best time is today. Don't fall into the trap of keeping up with the Joneses when it comes to your finances and your wealth. The aim of the game here is that you take action and that you are better than you were yesterday, but not as good as you are going to be tomorrow. And it's just this imperfect action and progress over perfection that will get you to creating true financial freedom for you and those that you love. Um, so I hope I can impart some, uh, some pearls of wisdom and inspire you to, uh, to level things up when it comes to your money. Awesome. I love it. So peeps, go and check out the notes, go and check out Jackson's information for you because there is a plethora there. You need it. It's awesome. Thank you, Jackson, again so much for being here with me today. Thank you, peeps, for joining us. And if you like the show, go and tell your friends, bring them all over here, subscribe to the show on your favorite app. We love helping you scale your business. Thank you for listening to our show. I'm all about being a resource center for entrepreneurs to give them the information and the support that they need to make it in business. As such, the notes for this show can be found at our website at awarenessstrategies.com slash blog. 
Be sure to subscribe, give us a rating. I like five stars personally. And share with your friends.